0: If you want to succeed in freelance, make a plan because mm-hmm. your chances increase dramatically. Yep. It's a long-term game yeah. when you're getting new work, especially in freelance. So it's like, if you quit your job today yeah. and you're like, I'm ready to freelance, someone yep. might want to hire you, but the project might not be there until eight months later. And if you don't have the means to float that time, yeah, you don't have the means to be successful and even get the opportunity.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Golden Hour Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Mays, here in the Polar Pro Studio, and today's guest is Nick Fort. Nick is a freelance filmmaker and director, and he's worked with some incredible brands on commercial projects. Nick also has an active YouTube channel where he teaches people how to grow a successful business in the creative industry. Today, in our interview, we talk all about how to start as a freelancer. We go over why it's important to start a YouTube channel, even if you don't want to become a, quote, youtuber and how to strategically plan for going full-time I really enjoyed my interview with Nick so without any further ado let's listen in on the interview with mr. Nick's fort All right, we're here with Nick's fort and you brought a prop for us I did yeah this uh, is... if you're not watching the video go check it out on our uh, website but we got the uh, Fortland flag
0: yeah the Fortland flag tell yeah. me about
1: this prop
0: well Fortland is, so Fortland Productions is my business, uh-huh. right? So Fortland Productions, like if you're working with me, that's my company. And then Nick's Ford is sort of like a spinoff from yeah. that. Uh-huh. Um, so this Fortland flag I had made. Actually, before I, I did a trip around the world with my wife, uh-huh. right before we left, I was like, I got to get something to bring with us. Yeah, uh, and so I had the Fortland flag made. That's awesome.
1: Well, uh, thanks for coming in. You're in town for for some work stuff. Um, and for people who d- aren't familiar with your with your work, you are a filmmaker, and also you're doing YouTube and Instagram as well. But I would classify you as a you know a director and a filmmaker mostly would you agree with that or yeah totally um but you're getting into youtube and you're growing there you know strong and it's uh that's how we've interacted you know on that basis so
0: yeah absolutely i think that i started my youtube channel about two years ago and when i started it i sort of was like oh i'm gonna be a youtuber yeah and and if anything after two years it has crystallized the idea that I don't want to be a YouTuber, <laughs> um, and yeah. I think that that's because it's fine. I, I I had been working as a creative freelance professional in filmmaking up to that point, yeah, and uh, it just made me want to continue to do that even better, and sort of like helped uh, focus what I wanted to do outside of YouTube. Not yeah. to say that I don't want to do YouTube. Sure, I, I, I like to think of it as I'm a filmmaker professionally that has uh-huh. a YouTube channel. Nice. You know, yeah. not, instead of like, I don't aspire to just do YouTube. It's yeah. not in, it's totally. not something I'm interested it's in. It's funny
1: cause it's, <laughs> it's totally, uh, you know. uh well, just to list a couple of clients that you've worked with, this is based off of your website, nicksfort.com. You've worked for Adult Swim, Hulu, Kaboom, Planet Fitness, uh, different universities, Reebok, um, Volvo. I mean, the list goes on and on. You've worked for some incredible clients. There's a great film that you've posted on your website uh, called Truth. Uh, that's about the uh, Truth Initiative. Um, is this about tobacco and yeah, yes.
0: Yeah. Well, so like Truth is. Uh, I don't know how old you are, but when twenty nine. Okay, so like you're sort of in that that era where like I was in high school, I think, and Truth campaign came yeah. out, and it was like talking are, about tobacco and the are they movies? the ones that
1: had people that like would talk like a robot and they would do uh, commercials about no smoking.
0: I'm not sure if they, I think they did maybe do that at some point. Um, <laughs> but the campaign that stood out when I was young was the, it was called the body bags campaign and they went and it was super gorilla style documentary style filmmaking. And they went to a big uh, uh, b- building in New York city. That was like a tobacco um, product headquarters or something. And they brought uh 1200, body bags and they stacked them up outside and there's like helicopter shots and like on like it's super gritty and guerrilla marketing and and they've turned it into a tv spot and they they put them out there and they said 1200 people die every day from um you know smoking tobacco products and that was uh, the stat at the time yeah um and i saw that when i was young and i was like what like and it was just so cool like the way that it was directed and the way that it was shot and like i just loved it um and uh, some some people in my family were affected by tobacco, so I wow. ended up uh, seeing a job to be a marketer for them. Really on Craigslist, uh-huh. and uh, I applied, and it was either that. You know, do you know who P Diddy is?
1: Yeah, of uh-huh. <laughs> I was
0: living in New York. I was living in New York, working for VH1 at the time was a cool thing to do, uh-huh. um, and uh, I was either going to be a PA on P Diddy show. Or go on the Vans Warped Tour and um, be a marketer for Truth. Oh, wow. And so I went on the Warped Tour and I left New York City and I didn't go back. Um, Wow. So I started working with them in that capacity. And and they've been my longest client. I think I've been working with them for... That was a good
1: thing for me to list as uh, the first (laughs) thing to talk about because that's a great segue into talking about your journey as a filmmaker. Yeah. I mean, tell me about the beginning process of when you took this seriously and started working i mean you you were working at vh vh1 i didn't know that Mm -hmm. that's cool
0: yeah um
1: where do you want to start (laughs) i want to
0: start at the beginning because i think that so i have this tattoo here Uh uh-huh and
1: it's a uh it's a camera it's a super a camera no it's a vhs camera Uh huh.
0: yeah can you can you it's i didn't want the full brand but can you identify the
1: i I don't i'm not familiar with all the vhs so
0: it's a zenith okay Zenith, zenith so
1: It looked like a z so yeah
0: so this is the the vhs zenith camera that my dad had when i was a kid
1: can you hold that up to one of the cameras yeah perfect like that there you go you you guys can see it now (laughs) it's a bit weird sorry if you're not watching the video again go check out uh (laughs) polarprofilters.com slash golden hour watch the video
0: that was my dad's camera and and you know i was like a little kid i was like 12 and he was like yeah um i was like i want to make a short film so he gave me that camera, you know, all in camera edits. There's no editing. Yeah. It's just hit record and then, you know, you do this and so I came up with the story and it was like I want to uh tell the story of a burglar breaking into our house and our dog's going to save the day. And so we're making this movie my dad and I on the camera and he had put it on a tripod and he was like you want to see something cool? And I was like, yeah. And he's like we're going to make the burglar disappear when the the dog who is the superhero in this story comes into frame he's going to make him disappear by looking at him and i'm like a 12 year old my mind is like yeah okay sure (laughs) and so like set it up hits record stops recording Uh uh-huh burglar moves out of the frame hits record you have a jump cut Uh uh-huh and my little brain exploded and at that moment i was like i'm gonna do this the rest of my life yeah (laughs) this is for me i was like you just blew my mind this is magic this is insane and so like i think that that was the very first moment for me that i was like I'm probably going to make videos for the rest of my life. And then uh-huh. I started making skate videos and, uh, really bad short films yeah. <laughs> <laughs> through high school. Uh-huh. Uh, I went to school for, for broadcasting uh, and filmmaking. And then I got my, actually the first thing I did, which is another crazy thing. Uh, I didn't want a real job when I graduated. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to ride a moped from San Francisco all the way across the United States. And, uh, I did. And I got sponsors, and I actually got Scion, the uh, automotive manufacturer, to sponsor us. And they uh-huh. gave us a support vehicle. Um, had a photographer come and documented it. We raised money for a uh, couple cancer organizations. My dad had had cancer. Um, and that was sort of my first project. Wow. And I found, you know, and it's like my dad's like, go get a job. And I'm like, no, I'm going to ride mopeds across country. And he's like, it's a terrible idea. And then I was like, I raised all this money and I pulled it off and like you know raised like five grand for cancer and he's like, all right, do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, that's awesome. And then I went to VH1 and I worked at VH1 in New okay. York City for a, for a year. Um, and that was that made me understand that I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I like didn't the want
1: corporate kind of life or what.
0: Yeah, it was like I was an office PA and I did uh, assistant editing on the weekends. Um, yeah, so I got to learn how to use Avid and we were using like nice. um tapes and um i was like loading stuff and stringing stuff out on an avid with tapes and like that was really interesting um and i sort of like i got to collect everyone's paychecks too uh-huh and so i was like okay these guys make this and everyone i could see how much everyone made yeah and i was like i should learn how to edit because editors made the most really um yeah out of the people VH1, that, yeah. yeah yeah in this environment and then so i really started to learn how to edit and I ended up doing that and then i Started working with The Truth, left New York, yeah. and like I got hired as a marketer, and I started shooting stuff with them on the side for fun. And then the manager and the the marketing people at the company saw it. They started putting it on their social media, and then after two years, um, their agency Arnold Worldwide at the time, their big agency in Boston, reached out to me and said, "Hey, do you want to go just film stuff?" Yeah, and I, that was like my first like freelance project. Nice. And uh, they were like, "Do you want it?" And they were like, "We'll pay you this much a day." And I was like, "What the."
1: yeah yeah dude <laughs> definitely
0: and it was awesome it blew my mind i was like i can make that much money in a day and i was like i gotta get so
1: that was day. the beginning <laughs> of your freelance kind of filmmaking journey yeah i mean guess.
0: it's hard to it's hard to pinpoint it because i've never had a full
1: time job sure. i've been freelance the whole yeah, time too.
0: um so except for vh1 no that was still freelance it was project-based so it was like you work okay. on a show the show lasts x amount of time and then you try to get another show
1: Gotcha. Um, I thought the, you were on staff or something.
0: No, I mean the, the, the it was only the high ups were staffed. Everyone else's contracts. Interesting. Um, they were long contracts, like a six month deal. You know.
1: Yeah, I wonder uh, if they do that for tax reasons or something.
0: I'm sure they do. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're freelance, you got to pay for everything. I know. You know exactly.
1: So. But I still prefer it because of the freedom.
0: Oh, so. absolutely, absolutely. I, I love freelancing, and I and that's that's something that I champion yeah um especially like that's sort of like my channel has gone my youtube channel has gone in that direction where it's like i really want to try to help people learn how to be successful freelancers um and i've mentored a few people and it's cool it's great like if you can do it i've been doing it for 12 years and there's nothing better like i wouldn't be sitting here right now it's friday at 11 o'clock and like i'm here because i freelance yeah you know
1: yeah i had a kid you know four weeks ago and i've basically taken four weeks off you know because i'm freelance
0: (laughs) right and that's amazing like there's so much and i'm
1: also working you know in those little pockets where i do have time i'm able to get some work done you know and i don't have to clock in or you know whatever so
0: you probably don't sleep much
1: (laughs) Uh, no (laughs) not right now (laughs) the baby you know babies wake up every like three hours so
0: my friend just had a kid and and i was like so you're getting a lot of sleep he's like yeah and he's like i just get up every like three hours and i'm like that's not a lot of sleep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're, uh, we're doing this feeding program and right now he's, the last two days, he's been sleeping really good. Like we'll feed him at 10 o'clock and then he won't wake up till about four. So, you know, that's a pretty good little pocket, so.
0: Yeah, that's, it's all relative. That yeah. sounds terrible to me. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: is terrible, but then you go back to sleep after you feed him again and then, yeah. you know. But those, the breaking up of the REM sleep, that's what makes the quality of the sleep is terrible. Right. So, yeah. You just gotta take naps, you know. Naps are good. <laughs> so, somebody who maybe has a full time job, right? They're interested in filmmaking, video, freelance stuff. They don't know where to start. How do they start? Do they get on Craigslist? Do they do right. Facebook groups? Do they? I know from my experience, networking is key. So let's let's talk about that. Like, how can somebody get out there and start working?
0: So, if you if you want to make the transition into freelancing as a videographer, filmmaker, photographer, right? Or, yeah. or even any other creative. Um, I think that there's a couple of different ways that you can do that. And I think the smartest way to do that is if you have a full-time job and and are, are working in that industry, so you're full-time video in-house at XYZ company, right? Yeah. Spend all your free time getting... Other clients on the weekends, on the nights, and everything like that, and building up this this like sort of side reserve of clientele, and that could be anything. That could be, you know, shooting events. That could be shooting weddings. That could be for do- me. That was wedding. Right. It could be yeah. whatever you want. But like build this extra stream of income. See that it's going to work, and don't just jump ship right away. But build that up, and then when you have some sort of base then make that transition right so yeah. i think it's really challenging like you do that or you can work uh to save a bunch of money and, and if you're very disciplined you can save a bunch of money at your current full-time job let's say you save up a year's worth of like your salary so like you've got 40 grand cash right yeah. saved up from that and then you go freelance and you hit the ground and you really try to to get that to make it happen but you have this reserve to keep you yeah, that's float. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that's a way to do it the other way is you kind of build that client on the side Um, and i think that that that'll tee you up to be a lot more successful if you transition into freelance versus just sending it and like and i think that there are people that have sent it and they've done it and that's cool but like i think my buddy chris roller who i work with a ton now he he's a really good example and he and i mentored him through that process where it was like he was like i want to go freelance Uh, He was full time at at Planet Fitness at the time, which is how I've worked with them. Um, And I was like, you should like wait. And like, because he was doing the side stuff. But I was like, build up even a little bit more. And he waited about like a year, maybe a year and a half. And then he made that transition. And when he did, it was like base. And then, hey, everyone else, I'm here. I I can do this. And oh, oh, by the way, my company that I worked at, same thing happened with my wife. They want him freelance now. So he's uh-huh. freelancing with Planet Fitness. He has this other clientele built up and then new stuff arises because, you know, all of a sudden Timberland Pro is like, oh, you're freelance now. You're not full time. Let's start working together. Yeah. Uh, and then and then there's that's- a
1: mindset change. Even if you are working full time somewhere and you're doing freelance, the clients you work for, if they know that you have a full time job, they do keep that in their mind. Like, oh, he or she is not fully available because he or she has a real job right but like i remember when i was working i i had to take a like a real job for about 10 months to because we got married and my freelance was just too rocky and we weren't able to pay our bills and so i i had to take a real job and i remember all my clients i was working for like because they knew oh dave's working at this place now we won't hire him anymore but then like as soon as i quit i just was like hey i'm back and they're like oh cool and then boom just like work came back so there is value in either not telling them that you work for someone else or uh going you know saving your money like you said and just quitting and then going for it you know
0: yeah i think a plans plans huge um absolutely when, when you're going to if if you, you want to succeed in freelance make a plan mm-hmm. cuz your chances increase dramatically yep there's something else uh, you just said something and i had a thought if you don't have a target
1: you hit nothing every time yeah <laughs>
0: i think another thing that is important to understand in uh planning for a successful freelance career is uh to plan ahead right so i'm sitting here with you and we met a year and a half ago yeah i've made connections with a bunch of youtubers over the last two years and i'm finally now starting to do stuff with them right Mm -hmm. I'm going to a, a networking party tonight. And I was literally telling my wife before on the plane ride yesterday, the connections I make at this networking party might pay off a year from now. Sometimes it's quick. Sometimes it's like, hey, we have a project that aligns with you. But a lot of times it's, it's a long-term game yeah. when you're getting new work, especially mm-hmm. in freelance. So it's like, if you quit your job today yeah. and you're like, I'm ready to freelance, someone yeah. might want to hire you, but the project might not be there until eight months later and if you don't have the means to float that time yeah you don't have the means to be successful and even get the opportunity
1: i think uber is people's best friend in 2019 i mean there's jobs like uber uh, uber eats you know postmates these types of things that can help kind of, uh, buffer a freelance lifestyle. I had friends who would Uber on the side if they just needed some cash, you know, I mean, it's, it's really easy and quick. So, but you don't have to like get a job, you know, and go to an office. You can, on your own terms, do Uber on the side, you know?
0: I think that's a fantastic point. I think that that's like, yeah, if you, if you get
1: out of jail card, you know, it's like, crap, I need $300. I don't have enough money to pay my bills. I'm an Uber for the next three days. You know. <laughs>
0: yeah. No. That that's a fantastic way to 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 make it work. Um, I still think you should have a good plan, though.
1: <laughs> Abso- absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So you made this truth piece that's kind of like a zombie themed thing, and it won a shorty award, which is pretty awesome. Let's talk about that. Tell me about this pro uh, this project.
0: Yeah. So this this project was for Truth. They basically came up with this idea to have zombies protest Walgreens because Walgreens still sells tobacco products in their store while CVS has vowed not to, and they don't. So CVS said, we're not doing this anymore. Truth wants to put pressure on Walgreens to do the same. And so they come up with this idea to have zombies protest outside of a Walgreens and they sort of wanted to turn it into a uh, PR event, right? Uh And so they told me that they said, "This is what we're doing. We need to make a video about it. Uh, we want you to make the video." And so it
1: wasn't just a commercial; it was actually a real thing. They actually, yeah. had real costumed people in front yeah. of a real. This walker.
0: was this was an event. This was a real gotcha. life event. So this wasn't
1: a commercial. No shoot.
0: No, it wasn't. It wasn't a thing that they were like, "We want to make an ad." But for me, when I talked to them, I was like, "Oh, this seems," and this kind of goes back to what, that what got me interested in the brand in the beginning i was like oh the body bags like that is how i want to make this i want to make this documentary style yet like i want it to look like a commercial but i want it to be documentary style and that's what body bags was and i was like can we do that can can i take that as the 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 creative direction apply it to this actual protest and uh, they said, "Yeah," and it was crazy. It was it was freaking crazy what, because uh, where
1: was it? Where was it located? Yeah.
0: They did it in January in Washington D.C. Walgreens knew about it somehow. Like it leaked. Like this was a secret thing, right? Yeah. And it leaked, and Walgreens knew about it. So me and and the guy I hired as as like my second shooter, we went to the Walgreens where it was gonna happen the day before to scout the location, and like we were th- we were getting grilled. Like oh, right. we didn't go with a camera. We I, I went in looking like so, I do right now. And they were like looking at us like, these are the guys that are going to be, you know, they, they knew that we were like there for something. Uh-huh. And so there was like this immediate tension with what was going to happen. And my idea that I had kind of come up with in terms of the, 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 the way it was going to be shot and filmed and the shots we were going to use was to have these zombies inside of the store. Oh, wow. And you're and, and you're not gonna get inside of the store if they don't want you in there and they know what's happening. So yeah. that was a huge barrier immediately was like, How do we get in into the store with the zombies when they know we're coming? We're here the day before and they we're not dressed up or anything. And they also, they
1: can tell you not to film in there too. Yeah.
0: And so they yeah, they can just not let you in. Yeah. And so it's like it's it's it was a really big challenge and so it was really, really disappointing the next day when we showed up. And we couldn't get inside yeah and so my idea was falling apart in front of me as we're filming this mm. that was a core element to this like story that we were telling was having these zombies inside the store and having people like being like what the hell is going on right now yeah and so i talked with the 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 marketing uh my, my client i talked with my client and we were like let's film this here we'll get everything we need outside we'll wait two hours we'll go to the walgreens three blocks from here and we'll go in there and see if it works yeah and that's what we did and it worked <laughs> and you would never know you watch that piece and from start to finish it's cohesive you wouldn't even understand that it wasn't inside of that store yeah but it wasn't and it was three hours later at a different store and we're walking around and the people that worked there were like oh this is fun and they had no idea and it was so it was so nice. trippy so they on
1: edge over there at all they had no idea
0: because they knew it was at that one store at, at you know 10 a.m. They knew exactly when it was gonna happen. It's so
1: happen. weird that they figured that out somehow. Somebody must have leaked it. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So it, it was, but it was a cool opportunity and it was an opportunity to to problem solve in yeah. real time to make the, the, Absolutely. the piece come to be how it was. And then yeah, the piece, I filmed it. I went back to their office. We turned the edit around in 24 hours because it had to go to the press. It went to the press, it, it got, you know, I don't even know, let's see. So it went to the press and it, their goal was to reach a million people. It surpassed that. Uh, I think it reached 1.5 about million people in their target in the Gen Z target. And it was used at 216 news outlets, like all nice. over the place. It was a yeah. huge success, won a ton of awards. And like
1: nice.
0: when I was with them filming something similar recently that is not out yet that I'm really excited about, um, that's the that's apparently in the office that's the gold standard like the ceo of truth walks around and goes we need to make something like the zombie video again and like (laughs) for me that's like wow i can't believe like Uh, i would have never thought that when i started working with them as a as a marketer back in the day taking like crappy pictures for their instagram Uh, you know (laughs) so like it's super cool to to like it's awesome man to be doing that kind of work and like i'm really proud of that i Um, think
1: that story is uh, a lot of freelancers can relate to that kind of on your feet thinking and like figuring out problem solving stuff i mean even steven spielberg when he was making jaws like had to f- think on his feet and figure out okay this the shark robot is not working how, how can we make this work you know and honestly sometimes those moments make in the moment it feels stressful and obnoxious but like the product can sometimes turn out to be better than you could ever imagine you know, if you did go into that Walgreens, the employees would have been really uptight. They probably would have yelled at you guys and this other one, they were like letting it happen and yeah. a more natural kind of reaction, you know? So like it ended up working in your favor, right? So.
0: It did. And it was really cool. And yeah, it's, I guess that's something that, uh, Oh man, it's so stressful when you're on a shoot and yeah. it's not going the way you, it's supposed to go.
1: <laughs> how do you deal with stress? Cause I've, as I used to be a DP freelance DP in Nashville, uh, before I did YouTube. I mean, I've I've been in the industry for 11 years now and, uh, I've worked with directors who are incredible and they're very affirmative. They're very like, great job guys. Like this is awesome. Really positive. And then I've also worked with directors who are just like stressed out the entire time. Mm -hmm. And the difference between a stressed out director and somebody who's super positive is like night and day. Like the environment on set is yeah. just so much better when the director, the head of the of the group is actually, even though we all know he's probably stressed out, like he's at least outwardly expressing that we're doing a good job, he's being positive, you know, or she is being positive, yeah. Um, you know, how do you balance that when you're on set, when you're directing?
0: Well, you're assuming that I am a Zen director, I think, <laughs> versus like, ah, right? <laughs> I am. I am. Um, but
1: like, even if you do stress out, like, yeah. you know, how do you figure that out? How do you navigate that? So
0: I do a lot of stuff. And I mentioned him earlier, Chris Roller. Uh, we work together frequently. And uh, it, it it's nice sometimes when you have another person on your team. And it, it's, I don't always work with him, but I'm just thinking like when I work with him. Yeah. If one of us is kind of like slipping down this stressful path, like I think we can kind of pull the other person away, or kind of like pull them back. Yeah. And that and that even goes beyond that, you know. Like I I like to hire my friends if I can. Um. So I often hire my my friend Greg and Tom to help with stuff. And like, if you surround yourself with people who have positive attitudes and like have experience on set, and they uh, they understand that you know this is serious, we're gonna get work done but having a good attitude and having this fun positive environment is equally as important then i think it just kind of like spreads to everyone i think attitude
1: attitude is almost more important than talent in some cases like when when you're hiring pas when you're hiring other people to work with you and they are super positive and like an incredible person to be around yeah it's like oh, you know what? So-and-so, he doesn't have a lot of experience. But man, he was a good hang. Like, right. Let's hire him again. Yeah. You know, like I, I trust this guy. He- he's enjoyable to be around. Like he can learn how to be better. Yeah. You know? Like I th- Yeah. I'm a really high skill person who's a total jerk or somebody who has intermediate skills but is enjoyable to be around. I would much rather have that person on set and I could teach them, you know?
0: Yeah, 100%. I think that there's there is a there's a threshold for your abilities and if you if you meet that, yeah, then after that it's all about you as a person and if I want to spend time with you. And that like that's honestly how I hire people on my teams. Like if I hire you and you do not do your job, uh, you don't take initiative,
1: show up late, yeah.
0: If you if you, if you don't get this like core um if you don't meet these core requirements then it drives me crazy (laughs) and if you do and you are not fun to be around that's okay not gonna hire you again yeah but if you if you meet that core requirements and you're super cool then that's like you're on every time like those are my favorite people to work with are the people that are my friends and i think it's the same thing with clients like yeah i think my favorite clients and the clients that are repeat clients for me are the people that
1: I, mean, I like to hang out truth? with. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, like I'm, I'm down here in LA right now, tonight going to this party with, uh, uh, a client from truth. He hasn't worked for truth for five years. We're friends. <laughs> yeah. Like he works at at t now. And I, I, I'm my brand and style of content creation doesn't meet his current needs for his brand. So we, I haven't worked with him, but it's not because we don't like each other. We're still buddies and like, we're going to go hang awesome. out. Yeah. So like, I think that there's like, yeah, it's like you, if you're good at yeah. what you do to to a, like an acceptable level and then you're a cool person, then like that's how you get good work. And then I think that that, you know, like good vibes beget good vibes on set. So like yeah. I like to have fun when I'm shooting. I like to have a good time. I like to get creative. I like to be stoked on like a on like what we're making and like in like kind of have that yeah. Uh be the 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 like presence. And I think if you do that and then you hire the people that do that, then your set is just gonna be good, even if it's stressful, you know. Um yeah. and you have those people that keep you in check when maybe you're a little stressed and they're like, All right, it's all right, man, we're gonna like figure this out, don't worry about it, or vice versa. Yeah. And you can feed that back to them and and I think that, funny, that's that's the key. <laughs> I,
1: just, I just imagined you again back with your dad with the VHS, like being stoked about the magic trick you Yeah, know? it's like you're doing that for your job like how cool great right. is that you oh
0: know? i love it man i love it. like i think that that's the thing is like if you if you know going back way back to the beginning of this conversation if you if you have a job or if you have a passion that can be a freelance job and you yeah. can then make it freelance and it's your job it's the best thing in the world it really is it, it's amazing like you could someone could come to me and be like nick i'm gonna give you a salary of five hundred thousand dollars and you're gonna work <laughs> in-house doing videos for this cloud storage company i would be like no i would straight up tell you no (laughs) like i don't care about that amount of money it's not about the money for me it's about once you hit a certain threshold and the other thing is like if you're good at what you do there the ceiling is is high you can make a lot of money in this industry that's
1: what i love about freelance and for those 10 months where i was in this corporate job i was like wait so if i work my butt off and i do a really good job and I'm better than everybody else. I don't make more money than them. <laughs> and you're like, I have to go somewhere else. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> basically, I'm used to like, I was Ugh. used to hanging out with so many. All my buddies were freelance. It was yeah. like, we all had this hustle mentality because it's like, the more you hustle, the harder you work, the more money you make, the more jobs you get. Right. Like, but in a corporate environment, people get lazy because it's like, you know what? I could just kind of do halfway and I get paid the same amount of money. Right. And after a couple of years I get a raise just automatically. Like that's just how it works. Right. And it's like, man, that's really depressing.
0: Yeah. I think there's, there's, so every day I wake up and the first four hours of my day, if I focus on one thing, I get so much done Yeah. and there's no reason for me to, you know, uh, get distracted with like going yeah. on social media or doing something else or whatever there's no reason cuz like i work for myself the yeah. consequences are directly to me Yeah. versus like if i work for a company then like mm-hmm. i'd probably be dinking off all day you know <laughs> half the time like i will uh, say we're si-
1: we're sitting in a office right now for polar pro sure. <laughs> and i will say this uh polar pro functions like a small business even though it's growing larger and larger and uh the way that this the leadership here functions it feels like a startup and it's like really fun and exciting yeah and like we're constantly hustling here so like i don't want to put down companies like sure this sure and sure. other people who are working for companies like this who are a creative company right there's plenty of them out there um and you know uh there's other companies in our little niche that are crushing it you know yeah. that are pretty awesome so uh, it can be done. I was right. working for a company of a thousand people and it was very corporate yeah. and it was boring. And like the people who were on, who were leading me had no creativity at all. So like, that's why I didn't like it. Totally. You know?
0: Yeah. I, I I don't mean to say that it's not something that can, can't be achieved in, yeah. in a, a full-time job. I think it's more about like, do you care about what you're doing? Period. or don't you Yeah. and if you work full time somewhere and you care about it then you're probably going to be really focused on what you're doing yeah. get a lot of good work done and not yeah. get distracted
1: like uh, and I was wanting to work for Pixar my whole life that was I wanted to be an animator and you know that's a corporate job and that might have been fun you know working for Pixar making Toy Story that'd be awesome
0: or like the guy who works at Hurley I'm sure that he's yeah. not dinking around all day because he likes his job yeah exactly he loves what he's doing and he could do that freelance or he could do it full time exactly. at, at Hurley and that's a good fit you know I'm yeah, I think it's more about loving what you do. Yeah, um, exactly. And then it, it, when you are freelance, there is a higher consequence yeah. to not working though. Exactly, you have to Because <laughs> then be you don't make money.
1: <laughs> yeah, you have to be really disciplined. So let's transition into YouTube because that's a whole mm. other side of, of what you're doing and it's a, a growing aspect of your career. Uh, talk to me about, you know, you say you started about two years ago. Yeah. Um, What's your journey been like on YouTube and then uh, you know, what do you see it? You said you're, you're more of a filmmaker who also makes YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. It's not, I'm a YouTuber who also makes films.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, YouTube has been an interesting experience for me. I think that when I learned about YouTube, it was...
1: Outside of 2006 or whatever, No, No, it,
0: I, like I had no clue as to what was happening with the amount of sharing on uh-huh. youtube until two years ago Are
1: you serious i was
0: completely out of the loop okay i had no idea <laughs> no idea i didn't i didn't learn anything on youtube i didn't i didn't go on there and de- i like it was, I was a, i was like fully like so, didn't know it existed so
1: film right indie mogul you weren't a part of that no you know, six no. years ago
0: no basically my friend who y- y- you i know that you worked in the industry of magic you may yeah. be aware of him his name's ian frisch he wrote a book called magic's dead uh-huh um he told me he was like hey because i was making i was doing some live stream on my instagram like showing people how to edit and he's like what are you doing dude make a youtube channel (laughs) 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 you said you're wasting your time and i was like because i like to educate people i like to mentor people i've done that since day one you know and like he was like, why, like, what are you doing? Like, there's a place for that. It's called YouTube. And and I was like, cool. And so then he, he was like, you know, he said that. And then I started researching it. I went down this massive rabbit hole.
1: I bet bet you went (laughs) through a massive rabbit hole. Oh, it was,
0: (laughs) it was crazy. It was, it was like, and it took it, it honestly has, it took like a year and a half really to really kind of like get my head around.
1: So you're telling me that you, of course you watched, youtube videos the viral videos came your way all these years right i mean in
0: in, in a way but not, to you, not so just, you're just
1: thinking this is a place where people host videos and sometimes yeah. they go viral
0: yeah it, it, even like um yeah i just wait, on, wasn't on it you were i wasn't on vimeo
1: on though right
0: yeah yeah i had stuff on vimeo and i but even in that regard i wasn't really spending too much time on there you know in, in prior That's to youtube funny. i spent a little time on instagram trying to trying to follow and unfollow a bunch of people to, to it was such a that's such a stupid stupid stuff uh, i did that a long time ago just to try to like make that work uh-huh. um now i don't care um really about any of that i yeah. i think now it took me like the journey of youtube i learned a lot in the beginning i was all about figuring out like what thumbnail to use and titling and and tagging yeah. and 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 all like what is my banner gonna look like and all this stuff that it's a game it's important But it's not the most important piece of it. Yeah. And then he got through that and was like, all right, I'm going to try to make this work and sort of like force it to happen. And that didn't work. Uh And then I started meeting a bunch of people who are in the space and sort of learning what it's like for them, getting some perspective from other people in the category, other creators. And that was super helpful. And then I I feel like I almost, like at the beginning of this, I said, I, I almost like, went full circle and was like, okay, so YouTube is not, I'm not trying to be a YouTuber. And I think the most valuable thing I can do now is help people learn how to avoid the mistakes that I made when I was learning how to freelance. Yeah. So I want to help people learn how to be f- successful freelance creators. Like yeah. that is what I want to do on YouTube. And I want to do it because it sucks when you make those mistakes <laughs> and no one told me. And uh-huh. now there's a place where you can learn. Yeah. And I, w- I wish I could have watched a video about like how to price my work yeah. 10 years ago. I wish I could have watched a video about like the importance of using like releases and contracts and stuff. Yeah. I wish I could have watched a video about how to get clients. Like I wish I could have done all of that. And now you can. Yeah. And I can share all this, all this, like, it took me years and like super crappy experiences to like figure all this stuff out. Yeah. Um, that's and, awesome. And so like, that's kind of where it's at now is like, I just want to help people avoid those mistakes and like, yeah and like and along the way like i do like to share like some editing stuff some cinematography stuff like i i think there's a lot of stuff out there i'm a very practical person so like one of my my most viewed videos is a b-roll video because there's a lot of b-roll videos out there Uh and a lot of them are, are um fine But they're not very useful, I don't think. And film
1: B-roll like a pro cinematographer. Right. That's your number one video.
0: Yeah. So that video, like I I saw all these B-roll videos, they do well, and there's all this like information about it, but none of them were like a toolkit that is is for me very practical. Yeah. For work. So like if you watch that video, I talk about the BBC five-shot technique, and then I talk about five more shots. And if you do those ten shots when you don't have a plan you give that footage to an editor, they're going to be able to make a story out of what you filmed. It's going to be useful versus like if you go out and just film some random stylized stuff and that's all you have and you give it an editor, they're going to be like, what the hell did you just do? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so like, I think that I like to share practical information. That's awesome. And I'm not against the other stuff at all. Yeah. At all. Um, I just think that that was a frustrating for me as I consumed content was like, yeah, yeah, but if you're doing this professionally and you do that, you're going to look like an idiot, (laughs) you know? So I don't, I don't know.
1: So for you, it's an outlet to to teach, to educate, to obviously grow your, your brand. You become an expert. Clients will see your channel and say, Oh, this guy knows what he's talking about because he's making videos, teaching people, you know, thousands of people how to do it. So obviously he knows how to do it. If we can get him to, Shoot our project, then man, we're lucky, you know? Yeah, uh, that's one of the kind of Gary V, like, uh, aspects of you know, even if you don't want to become a quote YouTuber, like Liza Liza Koshy and David Dobrik, yeah, like you become an expert in your field, and even if it's not millions of views or millions of people, clients are gonna see, oh, he's he's an expert, it's
0: validation, yeah, validation, and that and that is that in this day and age, it is valuable, yeah, and there's also, I think, that in, in the YouTube space. I think that I do foresee myself continuing to grow my channel, and I do see it as a means of educating, and that is the core of why I'm doing it. But it also is a place to generate revenue. Yeah, you can make money on there, and that is something else that I'm interested in doing, and Some I will do money. as yeah. I go. Um, m-
1: multiple streams of income. That's right. The uh, freelance uh, motto. Right,
0: and so like that, that's that's super cool, um, and honestly man like the connections that i've made and like the friends that i've made in the space is really cool and, and, and like yeah it's it's neat to sure. um it's a it's an interesting and, and fun community to like become a part of totally um
1: i can relate to that so yeah that's... so that's like
0: a that, like that's that sort of like a side thing that i didn't yeah. i didn't expect or anticipate um but like you know like down here you know i'm i'm talking with you i'm probably gonna end up going Hang out with a couple other YouTubers that I, I I'd like not t- to do anything except for like have dinner or beer or something, you know? Yeah, and like exactly. you, you kind of make these friends in that space and like you bounce ideas off each other and you're like, yeah, complain about the, uh, the shitty parts that we don't <laughs> talk about and,
1: and in public. Like, oh. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I. I mean, I've gone full in on it. I've completely said no to all freelance now, you know, two, three years in, full-time YouTuber. uh, You know, this podcast is a form of that in a way. Um, And I love it. I, I come from a performance background. I was a magician first and then I became a filmmaker. So... Uh, I did magic for six years, and then I did, you know, film and video. So I always felt like when I was behind the camera, I was missing out on a whole skill set that I honed and trained totally. as a performer. Yeah. So now it's like, oh, this is like the perfect marriage. I love filmmaking, I love editing and shooting, but I also love performing. So right. like, it's kind of a blend of both. Uh, I mean, it it is a point to both. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. um, And also the thing for me that really stood out, and I think I've been encouraging, I think what you've done is exactly what I've encouraged a lot of my friends who are freelance, who maybe don't have the love of performing that I have. It's, It's so important to have an outlet to just do whatever the heck you want. Sure. And that's what's so great about it is like, you know what? I see a hole here. I feel like I can I can add some uh, some value with B-roll. Mm. Uh, I love to teach, I wanna share this and it makes me an expert on this too. You know, it's like a, you don't have to think about all those things when you do it, but like your B-roll video, you know, it's performed really well in, on your channel and it's probably helped a lot of people. And yeah, you didn't have a client tell you how to edit it or right. t- take something out or, you know, change this to that, you know and like when i was doing freelance and then i started doing youtube it was like uh you know it was amazing i was like wait i can edit this as weird and quirky as i want and so i just went hardcore like crazy weird with everything yeah and now that's kind of become my style and i love it because i can just do whatever the heck i want totally and i was always told like that's stupid why would you do that you know from (laughs) clients
0: i I think that that more so now than ever before with my youtube channel i am sort of allowing myself to do whatever I want in terms of what I'm talking about, how I'm creating my content. And like you said, doing these quirky things or, or, or really making it my own. I think when I went into it, I went into it with a narrow perspective and I've like gone 180 on that and in in, in almost every aspect. And it's really exciting. Like I'm working on this video right now. Um, that, You know, it's going to be for Epidemic Sound, which is someone that, you know, I'm using their music and stuff. But I I was like, you know, again, no offense, but like every time I've seen someone's video about best music to use, it's the same thing. I don't want to do the same thing. So like, I'm like, how can I do this? But like, like really push it. And so I have this script and I've been working on it and I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how cool it's going to be, but I think it's going to be really fun. And I also really don't care. Yeah. Like, you know, like I don't <laughs> yeah. care. Like if you don't like it then it's not for you and that's fine. Yeah. And I think that that's like a big 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 learning thing on YouTube is like totally. it's not it's not for everyone. And and yeah. being able to realize that as early as you can uh-huh. is super important.
1: Absolutely. It's
0: even in freelancing. It's like your work's not for everyone. Like in the beginning yeah. I was like any any company Give me the work. Now uh-huh. it's like outdoor adventurous brands that like documentary style content. That's it. Yeah. Like if you don't fit that category
1: uh-huh. or,
0: you know, sort of that edgy nonprofit, you know, so truth is an edgy nonprofit and it, it's For not sure. adventurous outdoor, but edgy nonprofit is, it is another. It's documentary style. Yeah, and it's doc style. So it's like, if you're not in those two buckets, then like, yeah, we're probably not the best match. Yeah. I've got a ton of stuff. I, I can't tell you how many commercials little doc series videos i've made for hospitals uh-huh. hospitals have a lot of money uh-huh. if you don't want to make weddings go make hospital videos <laughs> yeah. right they got a lot of money
1: yeah.
0: uh and they need content all the time they always make content uh-huh. none of that's on my website you know and it's like but they pay well <laughs> they pay they pay well and and i think those things early on well, that's, in your, that's in your career to, that's something important.
1: to talk about and to teach too is uh showcase what you want to be doing yeah right I used to put everything on my site because I wanted to look professional, but then I was like, wait a minute, if I only have, if I cut off all, nobody's gonna sit there and watch all 30 of my videos. So pick your top five best projects and the five that you love, or heck, even if it's just one starting out, it's fine. Just like the one thing that you really want to be doing more of, showcase that.
0: And if you only have one, then go make another one for fun. So you got two. But yeah, I I totally agree. I think. Tearing down what you're doing and focusing it is super important. And that doesn't mean you can't do the other stuff.
1: Yeah. All right. So um, <laughs> so to wrap this thing up, uh, you know, you've basically, you've, we also didn't mention this, but on your website, you also have um, some presets, you've got some coaching videos, uh, just another stream of income, you know, mm-hmm. that's really, I think the key for any freelancer who wants to be successful is not only just focusing on the one thing, but being willing to do everything that is in your wheelhouse and try to focus in on certain things. Like you said, you know, become self-aware, but I think it takes time to figure out what, what that is. I mean, for you, like you said, you've discovered, you know, there's only really two types of clients that you jive with the best. Um, and that takes figuring out, okay, I shot a wedding. Didn't like that. Mm -hmm. I did this. Didn't like that. You know, um, what can, what can you kind of leave for somebody who's just starting out? Uh, just one last kind of like thing that you would want to tell them uh, to do what you're doing now.
0: I think it, it takes a long time to start to figure out what your style is and that road, if you can allow it to be as big and as broad as you can in the beginning. I, I wish I had done that more in the beginning. I wish I had made more everything. <laughs> um I, I i feel like i held back a lot in the beginning in terms of publishing stuff or creating stuff because i was worried it was not perfect mm-hmm. um and the reality is that it's never going to be perfect so you want it's better to just make a bunch of stuff and do a bunch of stuff, I think in the beginning. And then as you go, you'll learn what you like, you'll learn what is most exciting for you. You'll learn what you're the best at, and then you can slowly kind of narrow that down. And as you narrow that down, then the people that hire people that do that kind of work uh-huh. will start to hire you because you've become one of the best in that category. Right. Um, Trying to do everything for everyone is is not a realistic approach. And I think you can apply that to to like freelance career or, or YouTube. You know, it's like, can you niche down further? Can you niche down further? And then can you be successful in that niche? And then maybe that will bring you other stuff up here, right? So like, I think in the beginning of my YouTube channel, I, I was like, I'm going to make a filmmaking YouTube channel. That's way too broad. There's too many people doing that. Yeah. So now... I'm gonna help people learn how to be successful freelance creators. That's way more niche, right? Yeah. So, and then on top of that, like you mentioned, I have stuff on my website, I have different digital products. And like, yeah, I do have uh, some LUTs on there and I have some Lightroom presets, right? Cause everyone has those and that's yeah. fine. And people buy them and that's great. And like, I use that stuff for my own work, but I also have like a producer kit that has model release and a a property release and a a call sheet and then i have a client kit that has like templates for soliciting client work and like i'm going to continue to make those products like i'm working on a contract template right now so there's these products that are very specific to what i'm talking about that other people might not be talking about and i think that if i keep pushing on that path just like with my freelance career it will grow and grow and grow and more people will know about it and they'll be like oh if you want to learn about being a successful freelance creator you should watch nick's channel he also talks about other stuff too editing shooting all that and it's great but like that's really where he's going to talk about this kind of content versus someone else who's going to talk more about gear or you know effects like kyler holland he talks about effects all the time and like that's how i think of him and i think he has other content on his channel but i think of kyler as an effects channel that's really what i i think of and so for me it's like you want to learn how to freelance and avoid all the mistakes go to the next channel like that's kind of what i'm thinking and oh i remembered on my channel and and you were talking about youtube and stuff i think i do do all that the freelancing and, and and tutorials and stuff but it is a place where i've put out my own films and i'm like super stoked on how that has worked out so like i put out a a surf film that I went to Iceland. I went to Iceland and made a surf film and I put it on my YouTube channel and like, it has a lot more views than some of my tutorials. And that gets me stoked because it's just, it was just a passion project, right? And like, it's on there. And I, you know, I made one about this brewer in in Maine that I love, like he makes really good beer. He's like a legend. And so I made a short film about him. Um, I'm gonna make a short film next, couple next weeks about um, this weightlifter uh, in Oregon that I, don't really know her and i don't know how it's going to come out but i'm excited to make that and like put these short films out great. on my channel so it's not it's it's it is a creative outlet it, it, yeah. beyond um education and like i think a lot of the people that subscribe like that content and then i also just take it and i teach things with that as the example so, so it kind of has a twofold which is super cool um so
1: yeah well mr nicks fort aka uh What's your real name again? Nick Gerard. It doesn't matter. You're <laughs> Nick Sport. Yeah. Uh, thanks for coming in, man. I appreciate it. And for being a fan of the podcast.
0: Yeah, man. I, I love this podcast. I I think that I've learned so much from all the different people that are on here, and I think everyone's different perspectives you can kind of take a little bit here and there yeah. and, and like it's super valuable well, so now, now thanks for having me people, on here man. yeah hopefully <laughs> hopefully people learn from this and it, you absolutely. know absolutely if you do have questions hit me hit me up on uh, instagram and dm yeah. me i i definitely
1: yeah everybody go follow nick at nick's fort That's
0: i do nice. a lot of stories i started doing stories nice. where i will talk about something a freelancing tip on oh, cool. my story so
1: go follow him on instagram yeah
0: and and i'll answer like people will send me a question i'll talk about that on my story and then i pin them below because it it takes so long to make a youtube video sometimes yeah, you and bet. i have so much information to share so yeah just talking about That's it, great. the information is just as good yeah. the lighting it's just is not
1: podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah and we got the fortland uh flag yeah i'll have to take that with me i have to take it with you but it, it is nice you won up uh, to joshio on that one i guess because it's a uh, tire up
0: yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Nick. Awesome. Thank you for having me. See yeah.
1: I hope you guys enjoyed my interview with Nick. It was a real pleasure getting to know him and hearing his process of how he's gone full time as a freelance director. If you want to follow more of his work, definitely follow him on Instagram at Nick's Fort and check out his YouTube channel as well if you want to learn more about how he does what he does. If you're not subscribed already, make sure to hit the subscribe button in your podcast player of choice and head over to the Polar Pro website where you can see the entire video of this interview. It's PolarProfilters.com/slash goldenhour. Once again, I'm your host, Dave Mays, here in the Polar Pro Studio. We'll see you guys next week. Adios.